0: Welcome to Saving Grace Church located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Thank you Joe, thanks everybody. Well Ron and Elaine just remember our church slogan You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. (laughs) Well, this morning, we are going to be looking at feasting on the Word of Christ. Is there anybody here who... Now, don't raise your hand. Is there anybody here who does not enjoy a feast? (laughs) Having serving after serving of delicious food set before you to savor and relish. you know. Recently, some friends of Christy and I invited us to dinner where they served us an incredible banquet. First, they served an array of Italian meats and cheeses. Then they brought out freshly made red pepper and tomato soup. Then grilled ribs and filet mignon, then delicious pasta, and if by then we weren't stuffed to the rafters, they brought out three different desserts. I, I like feasts. I'll take a feast. <laughs> well, God has a feast for us that is far, far infinitely better than any earthly feast. And so let's look at Colossians 3 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So we who believe in Jesus Christ must let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly and live to glorify Him. So let's pray. Lord, thank You for everyone here this morning. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for our worship this morning. And Lord, all the good things we sang about you and we just uh, ask you to please open our hearts and minds and speak to us by your spirit through your word Lord and we just pray that you would fill us with faith in you and your word help us to feast upon your word in you Lord give us a love for your word we pray in Jesus name amen well first of all Our passage says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So what is the word of Christ? Well, the word of Christ, first of all, is what the whole Bible tells us about Jesus Christ. It's it's what the Bible tells us, the truth about Jesus Christ. Who He is, what He has done for us, and what is His will for us. And there are many uh, scriptures filled with scriptures about who Jesus is, Old Testament and New. Um, first of all, there are many, many scriptures that tell us Jesus is God." In verse John 10:30, he says, "I and the Father are one." And then In John 8, 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Which is an Old Testament name for God. And it says, so they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. They picked up stones because he was claiming to be God. And they saw that as blasphemy. Then Isaiah 9-6, Old Testament, says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then John 1-1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and he's talking about Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then, John 20, 28, Thomas answered Him, My Lord and My God. And Jesus didn't say, Wait a minute, Thomas. No, hold on there. No, I'm not God. No. He accepted that because Jesus Christ is God. And so the Word of Christ, one of the main definitions would be it would be about who Jesus is and what He has done. And the Word of Christ is also the teachings of Jesus Christ Himself. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when we read the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, we are reading the Word of God. These are words that God spoke. And so, those are the Word of God. There's so much we could develop about this, but we'll... We just don't have time this morning. But we're to let the Word of God, what the Bible teaches us about Jesus and what He taught us, we're to let that dwell in us richly. We are to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. Verse 16, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, we are to feast upon the Word of Christ to take it in, to delight in it, to enjoy it, to chew upon it, to savor it. And we should take in God's Word on a regular basis. And there are different ways to do that. We can take in God's Word by reading Scripture. We nowadays have many apps that we can listen to God's Word which is a great way to take God's Word in. And there are many other ways. And what's so important, it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. God's Word can't dwell in us if we don't take it in. If we never read the Bible, or if we only read the Bible once a month or something like that, it's not going to dwell in us. We need to regularly take God's Word in. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus said, but he answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, we live our physical lives by taking in food, by taking in bread. And Jesus says, That's not the only way to live, there's a spiritual life. And you don't live by just eating bread alone. You don't live by just eating food alone. If you really want to live spiritually, truly live, then we need to take in God's Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And our passage this morning says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So dwell, to dwell means to linger over, to to ponder, to meditate on something. If you you are saying to someone, you know, I'm really just dwelling on this problem of what, what we should do with this situation. Well, what you're doing is you're thinking about it. You're meditating on it. You're you're lingering over it. You're dwelling on it. And we are to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. So we're to ponder it. We're to meditate on it. We're to linger over it. And so Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We are to meditate on God's Word day and night. All the time. Not just while we're reading it or listening to it. It To meditate on God's Word means we, we think about it. We contemplate it. We mull it over. We try to apply it to our lives. Now, When we take in God's Word, we don't try to just rush through it. Good, I got through my one minute of Bible reading today. No, we want to mull it over. We want to meditate on it. We want to stop and think about it. Maybe we underline it in our Bible or highlight it. Maybe we write it down in a journal. We think about how God's Word applies to our lives. I, I would encourage you also to try to memorize Scripture. And you may think, oh man, I am no good at memorizing. Well, there's all kinds of ways to memorize. You can write it down on a note card. If you just write it on a 3 by 5 card, carry that card around with you, pull it out every once in a while, or just... Uh, once a day, have, have it there. I, I have, I have uh, post-it notes that I've written scriptures on that sit right beside where I have my morning time in the Bible, where I have my coffee. So I set my coffee down, and there it is. I, I also have a couple of post-it notes with scriptures taped onto the front of my iPad. I know it doesn't look cool to carry an iPad around with post-it notes, but I, I, I want to memorize God's Word. I I have sought to memorize God's word over the years, and it has been a huge blessing to my life. And there are many apps nowadays that help us memorize God's Word. And we want to do that because the scripture that says, Joshua 1 8 says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. So when we take God's word in on a regular basis, then we can ask ourselves, What does God tell me to do here right now when I'm tempted to sin? What does God's word say that I'm supposed to do with this person who just badmouthed me in school? Jesus said, Forgive those who sin against you. What? That's crazy. I'm supposed to forgive this guy after what he said to me? Well, if you're meditating on God's Word and you want to apply it to everything you do, then you'll do that. And, and by God's grace, He has helped me do those kinds of things over the years. What, what are we supposed to do when we're tempted in any way? What do we do when our finances are tight? What do we do? God's Word says, trust in the Lord. God's Word says, give and it will be given to you. What? I'm supposed to give right now while my finances are so tight? Give and it will be given to you. He who waters others will himself be watered. God's Word is full of promises that if we give, He will more than generously Give to us. And there are just, just so many ways that God's Word applies to our lives. How should I spend my time? How do I, what do I do when I feel like giving up? No, meditate on God's Word day and night. You shall meditate on it day and night. All the time so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. That's a lifetime challenge. And I, I just want to say that, that by God's grace, He has helped me to meditate on His Word on a regular basis over the years. That doesn't mean that there isn't a single day that I've missed reading the Bible. No, but just as a general habit, God has helped me, and that has been a blessing In my life. And He wants to bless you. He wants you to enjoy rich blessings of the feast of His Word. And so, we also can let the Word of God dwell in us in other ways. By sharing it with others and by receiving it from others. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So in addition to taking in God's Word and spending time in it ourselves, we can take it in by receiving teaching and encouragement and admonishing at times from others. Obviously, this is one of the functions of the church. Every Sunday we come to receive teaching from God's Word. And as pastors, we seek to first understand and apply the Word of God to ourselves. And then we want to teach and encourage you to believe it and obey it. And as we do this, week after week, month after month, year after year, the Word of God dwells in us richly. You know, some Sundays you might feel like, well, I I didn't seem to get much out of that well you probably got more than you thought (laughs) but year after year after year after year week after week if you hear the word of God taught you hear things shared about God's word um, insights people have had things they felt like God has spoken to them um, it will dwell in you richly we offer classes as a church like our equip series over the summer and it's so that God's word can dwell in us our new members class all every class we have uh, kids cove we do that so that the word of Christ can begin to dwell in our children in this church and those of you who serve in kids cove sometimes it may seem pretty chaotic, and, and you may think, did any of them remember God's word today? Well, I, I think in heaven you're going to be surprised when someone says, you know, when you were my teacher in Kids Cove, you said this about Jesus, and that, that stuck with me my whole life. We we just don't know. But that's the reason. one of the reasons we do Kids Cove is so that god's word can be planted in and begin to dwell in richly in our children and parents you know obviously we're called by god to try to seek to let god's word dwell in our children richly in any way like having family devotions and um, i'm sure that our family devotions my my family devotions were certainly never perfect I can remember one, one time I, I had the kids all gathered in the living room in the morning and we were going to read the Bible and uh, uh, my dog Bella came into the room and started to squat down like she was going to go to the bathroom and, and I took my Bible and threw it at her. <laughs> that was our family devotions. <laughs> Throwing the Bible at the dog. <laughs> Um, but you know, parents, you know we're to do it as best we can, just amidst all the chaos, whatever, and and we're to gently, lovingly try to admonish our children. It says teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Sometimes we really need, we always need God's wisdom when we're admonishing. Someone, one of our children or friend, whatever. And believe me, I have admonished people many times with a terrible lack of wisdom. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh yeah, I'm one of them. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> there have been so many times I think about nowadays where I think, oh, why did I say that to them? I didn't have any compassion on them with what they were going through. Instead, I just admonished them with a total lack of wisdom. So admonishing one another with wisdom and compassion and empathy. When someone is suffering, they, they may need to be encouraged to continue to trust in the Lord, but we want to be compassionate. We want to weep with those who weep. We want to be wise in any admonishment we give anyone else or encouragement. We don't want to, you know, the Bible says we're to show compassion and bear one another's burdens. We're to bear one another's burdens, which is not saying, hey, buck up, God's in control. No, that that doesn't usually encourage people when they're going through a trial. But we want to try at times to, encourage people might be like i I know this is just so hard to hear i can't imagine what you're going through but i know that god god loves you god is in control whatever you might say but again with all wisdom another way we let the word of christ richly dwell in us is through christ-centered worship Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Our time of worship every Sunday is so important. It's not just kind of a, uh, let's just do this to kind of warm up before we get to the really important part, the preaching of the Word. No, it is every bit as important. We are singing the Word of God. We are letting the Word of God dwell in us richly as we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I mean, this morning, we sang a song, I believe it was based on Psalm 34. This poor man cried and the Lord heard. Is that right? Based on Psalm 34? Yeah. So we are singing. We were singing psalms this morning. We sang a hymn this morning. So... It says we're to, this is one of the ways the Word of God dwells in us richly. It's not just hearing the preaching. It's not just reading the Word. It's through singing. What a wonderful gift of God. Isn't that great that God has given us music? Music is so, uh, so wonderful. I, I, I often think to myself how amazing it is that I can remember commercial jingles from when I was a kid. (laughs) Shows how old I am. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. Anybody in here remember that? Oh, there's three or four of us who are 90 years old, okay. (laughs) Music <laughs> music has this, just this wonderful way of we, we can remember things. We, it, it helps us to remember. Um, and so as we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, the music helps God's Word to dwell in us richly. And as pastors, we really, we really desire that every song we sing in worship is biblically sound, that it, that it is the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. And we have a team of people also that, uh, who discuss and examine every song, and we, we do this so this, t- this team of people uh, works with us as pastors to examine all the songs we do in worship to make sure they're biblically sound. Because we all want the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly as we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in worship with thankfulness in our hearts to God. So, how feasting on the Word of Christ should shape our lives? Well, first of all, God's Word should produce thankfulness in us. So it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So one of the effects of the Word of God dwelling in us richly should be to produce thankfulness in our lives, as we come to realize all that Jesus has done for us, all that God has done for us, the salvation He purchased for us on the cross, the the forgiveness of all of our sins through the blood of Jesus, the eternal life that He has given us, the fact that He causes all things to work together for our good, as we heard this morning. All these biblical truths should produce thankfulness in us we should be the most thankful people on the face of the earth if for no other reason because he saved us you know i i watch these shows every once in a while about people out in the wild and and i i i just don't understand when they they kill a rabbit and they say thank you, Mr. Rabbit, for giving your life for me, for giving yourself so that I could have food. I think, what? That, first of all, if that rabbit were alive, he wouldn't understand what you're saying. Secondly, he's dead. You're thanking a dead rabbit for giving you his life? You know, when we thank something, when we're, when we're thankful, it, it always involves thanking someone. For something they've done for us. When we thank when we thank, we thank a person, we thank people for, you know, whatever. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you have no God in your life, who are you gonna thank? I guess a dead rabbit. I don't know. It's but I, I just when I see these shows, I just think, ha, ah, you know, I'm so grateful God has has let me know of what He's done for me so that I can be thankful to Him. But as, as I said, especially that He saved us. That, he, that, he, that God the Father placed all our sins on Jesus Christ on the cross and then punished Jesus in our place so that when we believe in Jesus, all our sins are washed away. And God counts the righteous life that Jesus lived to us as if we had lived it. Oh, talk about something to be thankful for. If nothing else goes the way we want it to go, we are saved, and we can be thankful for that. I have a friend in England, some of you have heard this story, named Pete Greasley. And right after Jesus had saved my friend Pete, he was driving his car in one of the streets of England, and he saw this attractive woman walking down the street who would later become his wife. And he just was distracted for a second and crashed into a car on the side of the street. He gets out of his car and he just sees it all smashed in, and, but then all of a sudden he says, So what? I'm saved! So what? I'm saved. <laughs> Which is so good. I, I want to be like that. I want to be like that if, if things are not going well. So what? I'm saved. And say it in a British accent. <laughs> so... Feasting on God's Word should produce thankfulness, and it should also produce a God-glorifying life. And so verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, can you grumble and shake your fist at someone who pulls in front of you in the parking lot? Can you do that in the name of the Lord Jesus? No. Can you, can you at work in the teacher's lounge, can you grumble about the principle in the name of the Lord Jesus? No. Dwelling on the Word of God teaches us to do everything for the glory of Jesus. Everything for His glory. Back in the 90s, for some of you who were alive back then, back in the 90s, there was this popular phrase that Christians used, what would Jesus do? And it was a reminder that believers in Jesus should, should ask themselves that question in every situation. Wait a minute. What would Jesus do here? What would Jesus do? And they even made wristbands and bracelets that said WWJD that many people wore to remind them of that. What would Jesus do? And and I think that is a really good thing to think. I never had one of those bracelets, but I think it is really important that in every situation we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Because I'm supposed to live my whole life for the glory of Jesus. In everything, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. What would Jesus do? So when we feast, as we feast regularly on God's Word, as it dwells in us richly, we will seek and we should seek to act like Jesus in every situation. When Jesus was cursed, He didn't curse back. When He was scourged and He was nailed to the cross unjustly, He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what, we, what they do. We should do that. When people sin against us, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We should do what Jesus did. And that's, those are just some of the benefits of letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. So let's have the worship team come on up and let's stand and let's pray together. And after, afterwards, we'll have a team. We have a team of people who are here to pray for you, pray with you. So if you have any needs at all, any, anything you would desire prayer for, they are more than happy to do that. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you give us Your Word. That the God who created heaven and earth, that You have made known to us who You are and Your will and what You have done for us and how we are to act. Lord, I am weak and we are weak and we need Your help to dwell regularly on Your Word and let Your Word dwell in us. So we just ask You, Lord, Help us. Help us to love Your Word. Help us to believe Your Word. Help us to obey Your Word. Help us to regularly meditate on Your Word. We need Your help, and we know this is Your will. You wouldn't command us to do anything that You wouldn't, weren't willing to help us to do. So we ask You to do that, so that, Lord, so that we can bring You glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.